Hi, everybody. Dion Major here, CEO of Inside Sales by Design, as well as salesclass.ai. And thank you for joining our podcast, Universal Sales Truths. We started this podcast to share stories and journeys of universal sales truths, meaning what was true to forge a relationship with clients in the past uh, it was true in the past and will be true today and will be true tomorrow. And so it's we're bringing guests to you uh, and speakers that have amazing backgrounds and experience to share pieces and parts of their journey and their stories. And we know that you will be inspired and you will learn something and hopefully get some folks to connect with as well and and. Um, broaden your circle and your network because that's what this life and world is all about are the human connections we make at the end of the day. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. And we hope to hear from you soon. And I know that you're going to leave inspired. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of Universal Sales Truth Podcast. I'm Dion Major, the host, and I'm beyond excited that we have Isabel with us today. She and I connected um, here locally in Orange County, California. I will let her share with you her background. It's so amazing and such a good story. And we were talking before uh, starting the podcast, and she's got some amazing little amazing tidbits to share. Um, and again, that's really the purpose of this podcast and listening to others, right, is exposure and perspective and all that good stuff. So thank you for joining us today, everybody. And Isabel, thank you for being here. So love it, love it, love it, love it. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Dion. I'm excited to share. Yeah, absolutely. So give that, given all of that, Isabel, tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about your journey, where you are today and all that good stuff, because I, I love what you're doing. So I grew up in France, so I'm a transplant. I uh, landed in uh, Orange County about 20 years ago, um, as you can probably tell from my accent. Um, I <laughs> followed a traditional path when I was younger, which is I went to business school. You know, I, I came here to, um, to finalize my, finish my MBA program. And I really thought, you know, I was going to have this linear trajectory in my career of, you know, going to a big company and, you know, maybe climbing the ladder and, you know, and, and, you know, one day retiring, you know, and um, after a few years in the corporate world, uh, my background, um, you know, I worked mostly in marketing and business strategy. Um, I worked in healthcare and medical devices. And um, after a few years, I, I actually quickly realized this was probably not the best environment for me. I learned a lot of uh, great things. Yeah, but I'm someone who's very driven and yeah. like to make things happen. And also I want to change the world and make it a better place. And that's really my passion. So I just realized I needed to do something that had a bigger impact. After that, I joined a professional association of nurses um, where there was, it was a little bit more mission driven. And I got to really build a team and create digital transformation for the association. So it was fairly entrepreneurial, which is something I really like, and um, got a lot of autonomy. And, you know, it was a big challenge to, to do what we did. But um, I was up for that challenge, and, and we did really well. Um, however, um, you know, same thing. It was a fairly big organization with, um, I would say, a little bit of a culture of 
yeah. over analysis, right? Um, mm -hmm. Making sure we, you know, we look at everything before we take any action. And I'm actually a believer that in action, right? I and you hear a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Um, that's kind of what they say. It's like just do it, and then sometimes you're gonna <laughs> it's gonna be bad, and you're gonna and it's gonna hurt. But if you don't take action, nothing is going to happen, right? What's the alternative, right? So I'm a believer of, I, I'm not afraid of making a fool of myself, which happened many times, <laughs> but I'd rather, that's more my, my philosophy and my approach to life and, and work, which is, I'll just do it. We'll see what happens. And that's usually a big marketing principle, right? Um, you, you won't know what messages resonate with your audience, what campaigns work until you put them out there and you test them. So that was one of the challenges I faced in the corporate world, which is explaining that approach of marketing to maybe people with a different background or a clinical background or other backgrounds where they do a lot more evidence-based practice. Yes. Um, and so there was a little bit of tension and I just felt like that wasn't a healthy environment for me to operate in. Luckily, at the same time, I was doing more and more with nonprofits. So I currently serve on three boards in Orange County of three different nonprofits. And I just love the idea of how can we leverage, you know, philanthropy yeah. to change the world. And really, um, and that's really, that, that became my life mission. And that, the answer to that was social enterprise. So um, as I got involved with the incubator here at UC Irvine, um, I love working with startups and, you know, starting with little seeds and growing yes. companies and, and ideas. Um, that's very fascinating to me. And social enterprise is really the perfect blend between creating successful businesses and with an, that have an impact. So we can solve some, some of the issues nonprofits may have tried to solve for decades um, through the power of business when yeah. we have that social impact embedded into it. So that's what I do um, today. Uh, I, I lead the Rev Hub Incubator and Accelerator based in Irvine, um, and we work with social entrepreneurs to really make them create successful social ventures. Yes, I love all of that. And I think one of the, so many good things that you were talking about in, in, in describing this journey and I think one of the things that we're talking about and, and we talked a little bit about before we started the podcast was the tension, right? And so I was saying how everybody who's not in sales thinks they can do sales, right? Because don't you just talk to people? Don't Everybody wants what we have, right? So it's super easy. What do you mean you're just making phone calls all day? Okay, that's not sales by any stretch of the imagination, but that's cool, right? And so what I hear you saying too is, from a marketing perspective, and, and I'm probably just as guilty, right? So some of my marketing friends will be like, yeah, Dion, you kind of do the same thing, right? Um, because it's it's taking the what of our product and services and really translating it into the why and making it consumable for people. And it's storytelling. And so not everybody can write a movie or write a screenplay or create a movie or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, that's what good marketing and good sales is as well, right? Is that storytelling. Um, so would you would you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts uh, on that? Yes, absolutely. And I feel your pain because all these years, I've had so many people telling me they could do marketing and do my job, <laughs> right? 
because anybody can write an email or you know write a web page. Um, and I, I think, <laughs> right, I think to me, um, and, and it's true because everybody has a different style and some, some things may appeal to certain audience better than others. Um, what I really learned over time is um, really taking, um, you know, a humble approach yeah. to the work. And really, um, to me, curiosity is one of, um, yeah. my principles and I think one of my strengths because I really approach everything in life with a curious mind and wanting to learn and I and when I was younger I thought this was actually a weakness right because I was like I got to show that I'm strong you know um, as a woman going through business schools and you know very competitive environment you want to build that persona of I'm you know I'm a strong woman nobody can you know, destroy me. And then, you know, later on, I actually realized through, you know, learning, um, you know, hearing people like Brené Brown and others that if you actually become vulnerable and it's almost like the opposite, right? Of saying, you know, I don't know everything in marketing, but what I can tell you is I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Um, I have the skills to process your input and your feedback and change what I'm doing, which is, I think, an important skill. Absolutely. I'm very um, responsive. I, you know, and I'm trying to be authentic. Yeah. This is so much, this will lead you to so much more success yeah. than being very rigid, thinking you know it all and that you're the expert. And it was like a big turn for me. Yeah. I think I think it is something that is starting to be more uh, widespread now. But, you know, even, um, you know, some of the salespeople that I worked with in the past in medical, the most successful ones, right, were the ones who are really focusing on the relationship. And I'm thinking, well, are you selling anything? But indeed, they were, you know, so authentic and creating this relationship and that trust which led to their, to their success because their customers knew who they were and trusted them and ended up buying from them, right? Versus trying to just, you know, overwhelm somebody with like features or, you know, or all the thing, which, which is what I see. Um, one of the biggest contribution I think I have with entrepreneurs over the years, and you may feel the same way as an advisor yourself, is a lot of people have great ideas and are very technical in what they do. So they focus on the technology or the feature while I'm trying to help them see the bigger picture. Right. And, and that what's in it for, for me piece when you go to your customer where you really have to put your, yourself in their shoes and not talk about the fact that you just coded the best technology on earth but what does that mean for the person across the table? You know, what, yeah. why do they need it? What are they going to like about it? And having that empathy and that capacity to really relate to them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You can hear all the background noise going on. So <laughs> what, that's just the way this day is going. So everybody who's listening to this, to this podcast uh, should know that we record no matter what. So whether that's construction, or the gardeners, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I thank you for your poise, Isabella. I appreciate that. 
And so I agree with you on all of that. And so I think too, something to be said for healthy tension. However, sometimes the tension kind of takes a turn into outright blocking, right? Where there's no forward movement and that's the problem. So having a healthy debate and discussion on something as long as it's leading to a desired outcome and there's action being taken can be a good thing. Um, but I also think to your point of humility and things of that nature, one of the things that I've had to learn through my own journey too is uh, the slowing down and having some of those conversations. Cause I'm a bottom liner. I'm like, just tell me what you want. Why, why are we still talking about any of this? Right. Just go. Well, there's value in the conversation because it brings everybody onto the same thought. And so that's kind of been a few aha moments, right? To be able to talk through, not stay there and stay stuck on a certain point, but talk it through to get everybody on the same point, raise awareness, raise comprehension, if you will. And so, so with some of that too, Isabel, you've talked, uh, and I love hearing some of these um, aha moments for you where you're like, Hey, I did two, you know, a couple of years in corporate America. Yeah. Nope. That's not right. And so, but are there some aha moments that you would call out that kind of led <laughs> you, you know, these roundabouts that kind of have put you and, and led you to where you are today? Great question. Sorry. I was coughing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. some water. It is what it is, right? This is real life. So. Exactly. So, and um, one of the things that I, again, I was fortunate in the corporate world and in my uh, last position um, with the Association of Nurses to do a lot of leadership training and personal development. And, um, you know, some of the things, for example, I, I learned is using appreciative inquiry versus I'm kind of like you, right? I'm like to say it as it is and move fast and so I used to have the tendency to be more like telling people what to do and what I learned is if you ask questions instead of saying what to do and you end up getting them to buy into your idea and they think it's actually from them almost right so instead of saying you know hey I have the solution guys we just need to do this and because I'm trying to save time I may take a few more minutes and say hey, how do you think we could solve this problem? And likely the people around you will come up to the same conclusion and will be, um, again, more willing to support you in that idea because they might participate in the design of the solution. Yeah. So I learned a lot of that regarding you know, co-creation, collaboration. Yeah. Um, and again, I think you know the, the leadership development and personality test, as much as, some people may find that, you know, quirky or whatever. Um, I am a true believer in building your self-awareness and understand really who you are and your strengths and weaknesses. Because that is through that self-awareness that you can catch yourself. First of all, you know, saying, hey, Isabel, come into this meeting. We only have 15 minutes, but let me remind myself I cannot do the bully thing and just tell everybody what we're going to do in this meeting, right? So. You have to have that mindfulness, that consciousness, and then really understand who you're dealing with. So whether they are customers or colleagues or partners, 
Again, if you know someone likes to process information and don't want to make a decision right away, don't try to put them on the spot and say, I need you to make the decision right now. You have two minutes, right? So be mindful of other people's styles. And, and, you know, maybe this person, you're going to need to send them, you know, a spreadsheet or a discussion guide or something before the meeting so you can get them there. Other people, maybe like you, like you and me, we're like, hey, I love improvising. Just tell me what you want and we'll make a decision on the spot. I have no problem. But it's really (laughs) that awareness, right? And I think that's part of uh, emotional intelligence, right? Yeah. Yeah. And definitely knowing yourself, the situational awareness, self-awareness, all of that comes into play as well, especially as you kind of grow in your career, right? And there are certain times I was listening to the Masters of Scale podcast and they were, they launched a... um, a sister stream. So they normally have uh, masters of scale. Um, but during COVID they launched a rapid response version of masters of scale. And I forget, it might've been the CEO of Nike, but it, in one of the episodes, this individual, this leader was talking about how during quote unquote wartime, we need to lead top down, right? Because we need to provide that leadership that we're charging, we're taking this hill. It makes, it can make people feel safe and secure, right? Somebody's making decisions, we're safe. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was a really interesting concept speaking to what we're talking about because a lot of times, you know, what we've been taught and what we learn as far as growing and coaching people is exactly what you and I are talking about, which is that bottom up approach, which is how do we slow down? How do we ask questions? How do we um, not manipulate, but provide leadership and in, in helping our teams and ourselves learn to think about things differently, right? And get to the desired end state. And so I thought it was kind of interesting. And I, and I think it speaks to kind of the situational awareness where, you know, if you're in a hard charging environment and things are exploding and things are bad, we need some pretty effective leadership, right? Versus if we are moving about our day and, and we're pretty steady, that's a little, That's also a different leadership style. What do you think about that? Uh, I completely agree. And I also think that something to consider is the diversity yes. from the standpoint, not just diversity, um, you know, race, gender, Right, but the right. diversity of style. And I've encountered some challenges on that in the past too, because I'm a believer in, you know, the bigger the diversity is on your team, the better. Um, you want people to challenge you, not think like you, bring different perspective. And again, I was in environments where it was almost like people wanted the clones of themselves, right? Yeah. And people just like them. <laughs> and I'm like, research has proven uh, over and over that when you surround yourself with people who are just like you, you will end up failing. Um, and there's a lot in the literature about that. Yeah. Um, but people, you know, what's interesting is a lot of time what drives people the most is fear, yeah. right? And, um, you know, lack of confidence or something, right? So, yeah, when I surround myself with people who are like me, well, you know, it's, it's reassuring. I feel better because we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... You know, for, for me, I was, I experienced that in the past, but after going through cancer last year and Ooh. now being a survivor, Ooh, I really feel like I cannot, you know, I cannot let fear dictate my life. And if anything, you know, now when I ask myself the question, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> like, well, I already got cancer, you know, so at this point, 
you know, it, it helps you put things in perspective, right? And um, unfortunately, unfortunately for me, going through that experience has brought up that that perspective of yes, I mean, what is really the worst that can happen, you know, on on the, on the work decision? Because I, you know, I, I think there are a lot more serious things that can happen in life than than a decision you make about a sales call or about you know a meeting. 100%. And and for us, right, in, in kind of this um, academic work type setting, right, nobody's really ever died from saying no. I'm not talking about medical surgery and all that good stuff, right? I mean, I mean that's just, let's be, you know, contextually accurate here and, and have some common sense. And I think that's really, really important. And I think, Judy, what you're saying is the diversity of thought is just as important as the diversity that we can all see. And I think it's it's easy to default to a spreadsheet that says, do I have male, female, right. and different races and all that good stuff. I think that can be, it's a good starting point to lead us down a path of diversity. I think that what we're talking about too from um, the diversity of thought can be so much more rewarding and enriching because we have the different perspectives. So there's a really great book called The Way They Learn. Uh, I forget her name right now, Dr. Tobias maybe. And so she calls out concrete thinking and random thinking and abstract and sequential, right? And she gives some great examples of that and how we need all of it at the end of the day. And so I agree with you. So now that being said, you know, at, in this role and you're talking with entrepreneurs and stuff, is there, as of today, a single universal sales truth that bubbles to the top of, of mind for you? Um, I'm trying to summarize it, you know, in a, in a cool uh, bullet or something, but it will be something like, ask before you tell. Yeah, because I'm thinking so, for example, a lot of entrepreneurs I work with currently um, are seeking investments. So a lot of what they do is pitching to investors. And, you know, we realize I've had a few tell me and they're absolutely right. You know, I can make changes here and there, but it really depends who I'm talking to. Right. Some people like this. And I said, you're right, because, you know, Dion may want to hear this. I may not want, you know, I may like this better. Right. We're all different. And so my, my advice to them is if you get a chance to ask them questions before you present anything, that should help you, you know, kind of hone in on what you need to say. And I think that's true for sales calls as well, right? When you go talk to a customer, you probably want to ask them a few things before you start pitching your product because that will help you figure out, oh my gosh, he mentioned this or she said this. Well, I see how there is a perfect way to show them, you know, how I can match their need. Yeah. And and so I think sometimes it is again counterintuitive, but um for me, you know, is asking is 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 so important. Yeah, I think that is worth its weight in gold. Seriously, like how many times do we unlock a conversation or unlock a next level of a relationship when we start getting, and I think you said the word earlier, we start getting curious and we ask a question. And sometimes the, the not the pushback, but the, the um, uncertainty for some folks is, I don't know the question to ask. 
Do you, have you encountered that at all? Yes. And um, I think, you know, I'm just thinking of a few things I had heard in the past too. Like, you know, you go to networking events and people yeah. are kind of saying, you know, instead of going walking to someone and saying, hey, what do you do? You know, ask something a little bit more fun, you know, or like, you know, what's your favorite hobby? Or, yeah. um, I mean, of course, if you're in the professional set setting or doing a sales call, it might not be appropriate, but, um, you know, or anything like, you know, hey, how, you know, what is the first thing you did when you got to work today? Or what's, what's the top challenge on your mind today? Yeah. You know, yeah. for example, yeah. something like that. I think there are some kind of standard questions you can have in your back pocket when you're a little stuck that are, um, you know, that should be easy to use when you want to kick off the conversation and you're not sure which way to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. And, and when we work with teams and to coach on this is you don't have to have a hundred questions. You need to have three, right? And so pick, have your own testimony. So if you are at a networking event or you are, you know, going on a sales call or whatever the case may be, and somebody says, well, what do you do and why should I listen to you? Because, you know, we're still in the age for whatever reason where, you know, God forbid we make a sales call because, and people don't want to talk to salespeople because they think they're going to get Jedi mind tricked. And next thing you know, they have a purple car and Ginsu knives and oh my gosh, how did this happen? Right. So it's one of those things where we have to be able to use our words and be able to speak eloquently and, and have our testimony prepared. And to your point, you said it earlier, so many good things today as well, is how do we volley it back to keep the focus on the other person and what's important? Right. And, you know, and I was just going to, maybe this is funny, but, you know, I used to work in very uh, male-driven environment in medical. So a yeah. lot of guys into sports, and I have to say that cracks me up because as a European, I, I'm not very well versed into American sports. <laughs> and so when people really want to have conversations about, you know, the baseball game or whichever football team, um, hopefully, you know, you know your audience is into yeah. it. But if it's if I'm your audience, you're not going to get anywhere with that. I so, know. Um, so again, be mindful that maybe your, your hobbies and your favorite topics are not the same for your audience so maybe pick something a little bit more generic or you know music or movies or something that you know yeah I think that's a really really good point and yeah it kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier know your audience we have some situational awareness all that good stuff right we can't now we can pressure test assumptions but then if we're the ones driving a conversation we have to really be able to do the conversation dance and you know, again, be mindful of this, this, the, the social cues, the nonverbal cues we're getting from folks as well, <laughs> for sure. Um, so thank you so much again for joining us today. This is, there's been a wealth of information as well as some background noise for us today, but you know, again, this is life and we'll have to have you back when we don't have so much noise in the background. Um, but how can folks get in touch with you? What's the best one? Um, so you can um, find me on LinkedIn, which is probably one of the easiest way under Isabel Bart. Um, RevHub is RevHubOC.com. Um, and you can also email me at Isabel at RevHubOC.com um, or Isabel.Bart at gmail.com. And I'm happy to connect with anyone, um, continue that conversation. Um, I also... Um, do coaching and happy to talk to folks about personality styles and leadership. And uh, it's just 
it's just fun for me to talk about this topic. So do not hesitate to reach out to me. And I love having a conversation about it. Thank you for that. And, and again, when we talk about it on every podcast is that's the name of the game, right? Is human connection, reach out, connect with me, connect with Isabel. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. And we're pretty sure you got some great nuggets out of here. We look forward to hearing your feedback and how you're using them. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you're notified of updates. You can also find this content on the Inside Sales by Design YouTube channel. Uh, so make sure you take a look at that. It'll also be in the salesclass.ai platform for you and your teams. And please make sure to reach out and connect with myself and the speaker you heard today individually. We look forward to seeing you again soon. And contact us if there's anything you specifically want to hear or know about. Thank you so much and enjoy your day.